0: Hey guys and gals, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I've got kind of a special edition. I don't normally go live at 4pm on a Wednesday afternoon, but had a had an opportunity to have Eric Allen on the show today. He's a long podcaster, lots of experience, chats with a lot of cool people. So we're going to see where this conversation goes. But Eric, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today.
1: Oh man, it's such an honor to be here, dude. Thank you so much for the invite, man. I'm excited about this.
0: Yeah, you bet. So tell us a little, a little about who Eric Allen is and and kind of some of the events that brought you to becoming the man that you are today.
1: Man, you know, I, I grew up in a typical household, is what I thought, Eastern Washington area, played Little League, went to Sunday church, you know, things like that. My parents got divorced when I was 11. Uh, never heard the word before. It was kind of a shocker to the system for, for sure. And my mom got together with a guy who was very physically abusive almost immediately. And I called the police all the time. They'd show up. My mom wouldn't press charges. It just blew my mind. Hmm. And they did the smart thing. They got pregnant. And uh, then decided to move myself, my sister, and then my my little brother who's a couple months old at this time, or half brother there, uh, to Stevensville, Montana, population twelve hundred people, man. And you know we got up there and it's beautiful property, five acres, right by the Bitterroot River, and two ponds on the property. But the house mm-hmm. they rented was three bedrooms, and so it was one for them, one for my little brother who's a couple months old, and one for my sister who's four years younger than me. And they said, Eric, you do live in the garage. So I literally had this <laughs> like plastic tarp down the middle of the garage, and my oh, bed was man. on one half that had the fireplace. Uh literally the truck would pull in, you know, on the other side of the plastic <laughs> wall there. Um, uh, you know, I had a fireplace that would keep me semi-warm in the negative degree winters of Montana while I was That's out brutal.
0: there. That's brutal.
1: That's brutal. It was pretty crazy, man. Uh, you know, the, the abuse continued once I was out there, and and it was probably around I was 13 years old. They came home arguing one night. It wasn't anything different than any other night. But I remember this moment brush my teeth and I felt like God was like going, dude, you got to turn around and see what's going on. And so the way that the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage door where my room was at. Mm-hmm. As I peeked around the corner, I see this man on top of my mom in the pantry area there. And just one shot after the other, just boom, 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 mm-hmm. right to her face. And I was like, all right, I got 20 seconds of courage right here. And I just grabbed a cast iron pan and I walked up and clocked him in the back of the head. And... Um, it didn't knock him out, but it split his head open and he turned around. And he said, what then is he did that? I took another swing to his forehead and split his forehead open. And, uh, you know, bleeding down his face. I swung so hard the second time, you know, I fell over. I remember him standing up over me and he's like yelling and screaming, blood's coming out his face. My mom jumps up, lands like six punches in a row. There's blood spot the wall. I'm mean, just chaos. Cops show up, take him to jail. My mom doesn't press charges. I'm, I'm thinking I'm like this hero.
0: Yeah. Right. You know,
1: right. And I literally got kicked out of the house a couple weeks later. Um Because of this incident, I I had three months left in my freshman year of high school. And so I went to live with my buddy at Forest in downtown Stevensville. We would steal cigarettes from his dad on the way out to school, you know, like go to to school. And then that sent me on this path of destruction for the next 10 years, man, where I would get arrested by the time I was 18 years old for having drug paraphernalia. Mm. I get kicked out of my dad's house at two weeks after graduate high school, moved 21 times between the age of 18 and 21 moved to wow. Seattle, a hundred bucks in my pocket, living off credit cards. So by the time I'm 21, I was $28,000 in debt. You know, like finally land this job in the music business out in the Seattle area. I'm living this rockstar lifestyle. I don't know how to play. I'm backstage, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but like I was going to two to three concerts a week, totally living the rockstar lifestyle, drugs, oh, yeah. drinking backstage partying, you know? And then I get uh, laid off my one year anniversary and this is right around like the Napster days if people remember Napster, but, uh, it totally <laughs> That's
0: <know. a> throwback. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Right. So, I mean, and I was just this lost dude, man. I was like 23 years old. I was, uh, then I, I started working at Starbucks as a night manager and I would get off work and go to the grocery store, grab a six pack of beer and go to Hollywood video and rent a, a movie on DVD, you know, and, and drink myself to sleep every night in my ghetto apartment. Mm. And one night, this girl walked into Starbucks, and, and she'd been in there before, but I hadn't really chatted with her. But she said, hey, we've got a cool college-age event down in our church. Would you be interested in going? And I was depressed and no friends, and she was good-looking. Yep, what time do I need to be there, right? That's what's going <laughs> on, my, you know? And uh, so I got there, and I really felt like God was putting a, a seed in me in that moment, man, because I ran into these guys I hadn't seen in four or five years. And then it was about a month later, it was Easter 2004. I went out and party with my buddies. I was managing a band at the time. Wake up Easter morning, surrounded by probably 15 guys in my buddy's basement. We're all drinking. And um, I was the only one awake. And I just felt God going, dude, you're going down this path that's going to end your life real quick if you don't start making some changes. Mm-hmm. And so for me in that moment, I decided to give my life to Christ right then and there. And I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking, cigarettes, everything in that moment. And I, I text that girl up and I said, hey, thanks for inviting that church event. Maybe I'll see it at the store sometime. And well, we were dating a month later and she's been my wife for almost 18 oh, years now.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's all I got on the path that I'm on today, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all, all it takes is that one person to, to kind of wake you up and, and to, to shift your direction. And, and I mean, it's, it's a whole new world that opens up.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it was in those moments, you know, shortly after I, I realized that my past and other people's opinions of me didn't define my future. And once I realized right. that it was like, man, now the doors of opportunities are going to open up.
0: Yeah. So what, what would you say, like, I mean, with all those things that happened and, and the, the arrest, the things you went through, the moving, the drugs, uh, all of that, living in that lifestyle, what was your key to, to making that change to, I mean, essentially you're going one way, spin a 180 and you're heading the other way. What kind of, what was the key for you to, Hmm. to make that shift?
1: So I had to change my environment and, and really this is, this is a key for anybody who wants out of a, you know, any sort of addiction or away from a negative family member or a relationship. I had to change that environment. And so what I did was I called my buddies up. i had been partying with for years and I just said, you know what, guys, for me, I got to get healthy. I got to get away from this party scene for a bit. And they were like all in. Yep. Dude, get healthy. You do, you do what you got to do. So I had great support system, but I, I had to step away from that and I replaced that party scene with guys from the church so i Mm. I started finding guys in the church that had great marriages great businesses they had great walks with christ and this was like pre-podcasting days but i was like taking them to starbucks and going tell me your story i want to know what you're doing to live the life that you're doing right and so i just replaced that environment that from that addiction side to now i was addicted to just getting better and hopefully i could share my story the problem was i i was too nervous you know to share my story really like some of the guys i did but I mean, I'm 43 now. I didn't share my story toss I was 39 years old.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, you know, it's interesting to talk about shifting your environment. I've been reading um, Atomic Habits, That's and he talks book. about, uh, <laughs> I, I think he talks about the guys over in Vietnam getting addicted to heroin while they were over there. Yeah. And the surprising thing, when they came back, like 90-something percent of them never touched it again. Right, And as they got to researching that, it was because of that environment shift. And, and it really gets your wheels to thinking anytime you are caught in an action or caught in a, a habit or a destructive behavior to how can I shift that environment? Would yeah. you say that it's... It's helpful to, or important to, not only shift the people that you're, that you're around in that environment, but also maybe the physical environment that you're in, like completely moving location. Or, or what's what's some keys there? Hundred percent,
1: man. I, I think it's good to get away. Right, like I grew up in the town where uh, you either got it the heck out of Dodge when you graduated, or you stayed there yeah. and made babies. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not doing that, man. I'm out. Like yeah. you know, um, gotta go. I had the opportunity to move to Seattle with a buddy and I had a hundred bucks in my pocket and I, I filled as much as I could in my Honda Accord and hit the road, man. Mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't tell anyone from my family. I literally called them from Seattle and said, Hey, I'm out. I moved to Seattle. Like <laughs> I just left. And I think that's healthy sometimes. And when my wife mm-hmm. and I decided to move to Idaho, we both come from kind of chaos, crazy backgrounds. And we knew that we moved to Seattle or moved to Idaho. We would be away from that. And we yeah. purposely... We're kind of a drive away from if we needed to get there, but we didn't, I mean, even still her parents and family don't have my current address at all. And so wow. we didn't want any of my family or her family to just show up and say, Hey, I was in the neighborhood, right? Like we <laughs> wanted to get away. And so we yeah. had to change that environment and, and it made us closer. We didn't know anybody when we moved to Idaho. My son literally turned a day, uh, one year old, the day that we left Washington to head to Idaho and he'll be 10 wow. this year. Oh, that's um, so, incredible! You know, it's just been this fun journey, man.
0: Yeah. What, what would you say is, is the best parts of living in Idaho? I've I've been through that part of the country a couple of times and yeah. I, I've always loved it, but sadly, I can't convince my wife to move <laughs> us there. So we just got to settle <laughs> with visiting from time to time. What's your favorite part of being in that area?
1: Man, for me, it's, it's the freedom, man. I come out here and even d- during COVID, we were kind of like, what the hell is COVID? Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't have any, like, there wasn't any like shutdowns or anything. Like Costco was the only place out here that made you wear masks for the first five months. But then after that, they were like, yeah, whatever. But like, I never have to drive outside of a five mile radius where I'm at, you know, and I've worked from home since 2015. So I put like 6,000 miles on my cars, my two trucks combined, you know, throughout the whole year, you know? So it's just like, I love this area just because the freedom, like we have an open carry policy, you know, if you want to carry, you can, you don't have to, right. Um, you know, it's so much like non-stress living out here. I don't have to worry about who's in the white house. I could care less. Like I don't watch the news. Like (laughs) I worry about what's within my five mile radius, man. And it's Mm -hmm. just peaceful, man.
0: That's awesome. I, the, the country out there is incredible too. Are you, are you more like in the mountains or like kind of what's your, immediate living area like.
1: Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a neighborhood. Um okay. it, it's the goal of mine to buy some property. I actually have this this goal poster on my wall when I walk into my office and it's a cartoon that says if I can't pee off my front porch, my neighbors are too close. <laughs> Right, So like when I walk in, I go, that's what I want, man. I want the 20 acres minimum, you know? And so that's what we're shooting for, you know? There you go. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Get that little
0: homestead, get a few animals out there, get that going. That's, that's fantastic.
1: I have a feeling it'll turn into a zoo once I buy the property. (laughs) It
0: (laughs) It does quick. It it really (laughs) does. Especially if if you're, you or your wife is an animal lover. Every time you turn around, they're like, Hey, I I came across a cow that somebody needs to get rid of or (laughs) goats or brought home some cats or something
1: <laughs> oh or, yeah it's funny I, I'm, I'm i'll probably play into that quite a bit because i'm the same man i want the animals so. <laughs>
0: oh yeah that's great we're my wife and i live on 20 acres here in oh, kentucky nice. and we're like 20 miles from a 3,000. i don't even know i think there might be 3,000 people in the county okay. Twenty miles from the closest town and it's, it's great i mean my neighbors are too close i have i think their house is like 100 yards that way okay <laughs> but i mean yeah. it's there's not many people and it's it's fantastic. I
1: love it. That's awesome, man. But, <laughs> but, yeah, love it, dude.
0: Great. What about so after you made the shift, you got married, yeah, you moved away. Were were there some things that you had to put in place, like some stop gaps, or like what's keys to keeping you on track, pushing towards the life you want to live, rather than falling back into those old habits?
1: Mm, yeah I mean it's so good it's it's definitely part of the environment, right like getting changing the environment and, and my wife and i like we we go to church every week and and mm. our faith is a big factor in our our relationship and it's what has kept us together for eighteen years you know um when it, when any two people are together it it
0: takes something more than those two people to stay together that long
1: for sure yeah like you know i mean being married for 18 years you're not every year uh, is is rainbows and sunshine man right? so um but uh, you know and, and i think just our faith is really strong and and so for us like we did have to put some stop gaps in saying hey you know what my family can't come in we still have a little bit of contact with my family but I I'd, I'd get nervous and stressed out whenever my mom or my dad come to visit us. So I just kind of try right. to avoid that, you know? And I've told her since day one, I'm like, I want to just buy the hundred acres, go out there and not tell anybody where we live, right? Like yeah. I'm cool with that. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm 43. I don't need my mama, right? Like that's right? that's how like, I kind of look at life, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, we did have to put some stop gaps in there and, and we were very open in like communication. She's a lot better communicator than I am, but like, I've been working on that and getting better, but like our kids, like they know that we'll never get a divorce. Like they see us argue, they see us make up, they see us slow dance into the kitchen, right? They, they know when we're not on the same page, but then they see us like coming back and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. Right. And when mm-hmm. I, when I mess up and I'm a bad dad or a bad husband, like, I want to step in and say, man, I screwed up, man. I'm so sorry. Like I, I want to make this better. Um, and so our kids see that they don't ever have to worry about us getting a divorce. And, and so those are those things that we've kind of put into play and said, you know what? When we said I do, I mean it, man. That's, we're not, we're not ever going to break this.
0: That's awesome. You, you don't see that nearly often enough these days that what is it like more than 50% of marriages end in divorce, even, yeah. even in the church, even I mean, in the
1: church. Yeah.
0: That's an incredible statistic. Like I, it really, it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah.
1: Does. Yeah. And, we just wanted to break those chains of abuse, addiction, rejection and divorce that has affected mm-hmm. our family. Both my parents and her parents have been married and divorced probably five, six times. And wow. we just said, we're not doing that You no know. more Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. And, and I think a lot of that, like, I love what y'all are doing, what you said, you know, not hiding the the disputes, the arguments and all that stuff from your kids, but, but even going beyond that is letting them see the, the, the restoration and, yeah. and the making up afterwards. Like, I, yeah. I think that's a huge problem in a lot of relationships is. Parents try to hide that, but kids can see when things are tense and when the parents aren't getting along. So they, they see that part, but never see them coming back and making up, making things right, apologizing. Yep. So I commend you on that. That's that's incredible. Thank that's you. Awesome. Thank you. So what about, I mean, what do you do professionally out there in the woods of Idaho?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been working from home since 2015, mostly in the tech world. So okay. I do a lot of sales. And um, I, I currently work in customer success. So post sales and, and managing accounts and things like that. Uh, but I have worked for a couple of different startups for the last few years. And uh, it's been fun, man. You know, they, they know that I have a podcast. They know that I do my side hustles and they are, they encourage it. They're like, Hey, you know what, if that's helping you grow and helping you be happy, then go do that. Right. And so they know that I set aside anywhere from 30 to 30 minutes to an hour each day to either record a podcast or join someone on a podcast like this. And, and, um, it also helps me on the corporate side go, Hey, I can help us with podcasting or I can help us with training, you know, right. and running webinars because I get so much practice out of this. And so, you know, I've been home since 2015, which is like I said, and, and my kids have only known me to work from home. Um, That's so awesome. it's, you know, it's been really cool to, to see that and forever they thought my only job was working top rated in May, which is my old, my apparel, <laughs> MMA apparel company I had for a long yeah. time, you know? Um, but they come upstairs and they see me like I get to put breakfast on the table for them and I make them lunch and then I see them immediately when they come home from school and I get off work and my commute is fifteen steps down the stairs right like mm-hmm. and so that has allowed me to to really I think just I, I love I would never go back to an office environment man like even if whatever happens like I'm not joining a company unless they allow me to work from home at this point yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that that's awesome I the a lot of people like the to bag on the direction that that the country is headed today or or the state of the world. And there's a lot to not like about it. But I mean, on the flip side of that is we have opportunities today that have never in recorded history been present. Like 20 years ago, you couldn't work from home like that unless you made lots of phone calls and then you had to have (laughs) stacks of phone books. I mean, you didn't have the internet and the opportunity to build an online company. Yeah. 50 years ago, you almost didn't have telephones back then. Right, right. (laughs) The opportunities today to be able to work from home, having, you know, maybe working for a corporate business and then building your thing on the side is, it's unlimited. It's only limited really by your imagination.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, in the uh, the end goal for me is to walk away from the corporate job and just do full-time coaching and podcasting and, and mm-hmm. fun stuff like this. Cause this is what fires me up, man. I love conversations yeah. like this. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and so for me to, to break away, like the, of uh, the big thing at work is like, you know, taking those mental blocks, no get burnt out. Like this is how I don't get burnt out. I get to have phone calls and conversations like this, man.
0: Yeah. You got to have that, the, the escape from, uh, I don't know. I I hate I hate to say the escape because I I would love for everybody to be able to find some purpose in what they do, but sometimes you do have to have that thing that recharges you so you can go back
1: yep. to whatever's oh.
0: supporting your lifestyle at the moment.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> what what's the focus of your podcast?
1: So my, my podcast is very much on entrepreneurs, world changers, and success-minded people. Mm, okay. And uh, so when I first started the podcasting in 2017 it was mma it was an mma podcast so i talked with mma fighters from all over the world um, mostly up-and-coming fighters and really just asked them like why do you want to get in a cage you punch in the face like that was my only question you know (laughs) and i had no idea what i was doing i was in a walk-in closet in our house i had bad lighting bad microphone bad camera didn't even look in the camera you know and i was like recording on facetime or Skype or something like that. I forget. And then just uploading to YouTube and sharing that link out and calling that my podcast. And yeah. so I was like, well, how do I listen on an Apple? I was like, what the hell is that, man? I didn't even know what <laughs> Apple podcast was, you know? And uh, so I started researching. I'm like, oh my gosh, man, I'm missing so many people here. And so I just yeah. started deep diving for weeks on like, how do I get this thing set up? And what's an RSS feed and all this? And um, 2018, I came across Ed Milet online. and I was like, oh my gosh. This guy's values, his beliefs, like the same as mine. I want to be like that guy. And so he inspired me to start the podcast that I have today. And I was lucky enough at the end of 2018, he ran a contest on Instagram where he said, Hey, I want you to record a one minute video, submit it to stories on Instagram and tag me. And I want to know why do you want to be successful in life? And so I did this totally nervous as could be like had no idea what i was doing submit <laughs> this video on instagram right he's got about a million followers at the time and he's posting all these things like oh there's a top runner here's a top runner and i'm like yeah, there's no way man i'm an idaho guy and i wake up one morning he's tagged me on a post and i won the contest wow, and I landed awesome. a phone- yeah i mean it's crazy dude um i won the contest landed me a phone call with ed just me and him for 30 minutes on zoom wow. changed my life forever nice. and I was able to record that and release that as episode 12 of my podcast. And that kind of opened the door. Like prior to him, I had Sean Whalen and then it was Ed and then it was Tim story and Bradley and Dan Caldwell and Ken Shamrock and all these bigger names started joining my podcast. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? I I got something here. And so here we are almost 200 <laughs> episodes into the new show and man, just loving it, dude.
0: Yeah. it's awesome. All it takes is, is that, that one break. Um Yeah. Uh, You mentioned in in your application, you mentioned networking and that that's a huge key is finding the right network to plug into. Yeah. I mean, not everybody gets gets uh, that opportunity like like what you had. What outside of that, what is your key to finding the right network and, and plugging in there?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many groups on Facebook that you can join. Right. And I'm in a few different masterminds that I of guys that I've, I've connected through podcasting. First of all, I think everybody should have a podcast because it, it leaves this huge legacy for generations to come. They mm. can hear and see my emotions and, and hear my voice and the tone of my voice. Right. Um, podcasting, if you're not doing it, go do it because it will open up doors of opportunities and networking like crazy. Um, but in a physical sense, in a local area where you're at, there's typically a ton of like business networking groups or there's, um, you know, speaking, gosh, I'm just totally drawing a blank now. Um, on gosh, I don't know what there's, there's a lot of networking groups at where I live. So typically it's a lot of businesses, right. Where you'll meet up once a month, sometimes B
0: and
1: I. Yeah. So sometimes there's a membership, sometimes there's not. Um, And I would say just get out there and like, there's a place out here called the innovation den. And every month they have this uh, monthly speaker that will come in and it's free and it's at a coffee shop and you get to go sit down and go to those Mm -hmm. events. Now, a lot of people aren't comfortable just going to places, especially if they don't know them. And here's the thing is if you want to be successful in life and business, you got to get out of your comfort zone, man, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And uh so man, just go there. And I've done that and I've met so many people just kind of putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. And I think as adults, we have this fear of like, oh, what are good people gonna think, or I don't make enough money, right? Or like, who cares? Or, like right. go and if, if you want to do something bad enough, you'll make it happen. And so, man, just I say just network with as many people as you can. Um, I was a guest on Brad Lee's Dropping Bombs podcast last year, and one of the conversations I had with him was you know, we were talking about networking and relationships, and he's like, "Look, dude, relationships is the new currency. If you have enough networking and relationships in your life, you can get whatever you want."
0: Wow, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's it's so true. I'm I'm finding that more and more. I don't know where where you are on the introvert extrovert scale. I tend definitely towards the more introvert side, but I'm trying to come out of that, and because I know that. Those relationships are some of the most important things in life, yeah. not only to help you achieve what you want in life, but just for general happiness. I mean, we're, no matter where you are on that scale, you're, you're happier, more fulfilled with those relationships in your life. So it's, yeah,
1: I'm much more on the extrovert side than I. Okay. But, you know, and, and typically my wife's kind of like, "Why do you keep talking?" Right? You know, like <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's always that one in the relationship. Totally. Says, on and on and on. <laughs> oh, that's great. So on on your website, um, your your tagline is "Getting Known and Noticed Online." Yeah. How do you How do you help people? Get known and noticed online. Is that is that what the focus of your podcast is or kind of what your coaching is around? Talk to that. Yeah, them. I
1: mean, I think how I help people get known and noticed online is one, I bring on guests that have stories of of ups and downs through life. You mm. know, whether it's David Meltzer or Ed Milette or someone here locally in Court d'Alene, the very first question that I ask them when they get on the show is tell me about where you grew up and what was childhood like for you. And I do that because I want my listeners to understand that no matter what level of success that my guest may seem that he's at, we're all born as a kid and we all made choices to get to where we're at. Yeah. whether we walked off the path into jail and addictions and things like that. And we came out of that, or we just had this perfect straight life, then, you know, we're all the same. We're all human. Right. And so I think the way that I help people get known and noticed online is my guest and myself, we come on and we talk about us going through these failures. Hopefully us putting that out there first, allows someone else to feel a little bit more comfortable sharing their story. And right. that's what makes the impact on the world, man, is once we can share our story with people, like as much as we can think, "Oh, there's no one else going through this or no one else is going through that, right? There is. And if we can share that story, that can impact somebody's life. And you never know, that could change a million people's lives just mm-hmm. by you sharing your story one time.
0: Yeah, it's incredible how people connect through story. Like going all the way back to when people sat around fires. I mean, what what did they do when when they were there? Yeah. They they told stories. They they passed those legends on down until they were able to write them down. And now with te- technology today, we can speak it into a microphone on camera and yeah. share it out there with the world. And and people if you can spin a good story not just spinning a yarn but if you can spin your concepts into a story which is something i'm trying to learn
1: yeah oh, me you too.
0: connect like in uh, the their your ability to connect is exp- exponentially higher yeah so, yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's incredible and that that's part of the reason why i started podcasting is to learn how to how to tell stories a little better and just to help me be able to better vo- verbalize things. And it's helped a lot. Yeah. So right Now I'm stumbling over my words.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I'll tell you, like I'm still learning even 450 episodes into this thing. Like yeah. I love learning and tweaking things. And even today I was tweaking my camera and my microphone and I've got this cable that's being a big dummy and keep <laughs> falling out. Right. But like, I'm always trying to tweak things and get better. And one of the things when I was talking with Ed, he he said, it really impacted my life is, he said, look, man, there's this acronym that you need to live by and it's Canny, C-A-N-I, and it's constant and never ending improvement. So no matter where you're at in life, you should always be looking to get better at it and leveling up. And, you know, he says, look, if you're walking around at 80 degrees, go find guys that are walking around 120 degrees and just being in the presence is going to lift yeah. you up and motivate you to be better. Right. And so that's part of that, getting uncomfortable and meeting people in your network. Right. Um but uh yeah it's it's so important to just be constantly leveling up man in this game.
0: Yeah. That's that's great. I want to ask you this and maybe you'll have a answer right off the top of your head, maybe you won't. What is the the best nugget that's come out of all of your interviews that you can remember?
1: Yeah. Out
0: of all your guests.
1: You know, I, talking with Ed and I go back to Ed because he is he's the man that started this thing, man. Mm-hmm. Um but um you know, there's a couple guys like Tim Story. He talks about, and, and a lot of people have heard of this, but you know, turn your mess into your message, man. You know, um, Ed said, "Look, everything in life happens for you, not to you." And I know that Tony Robbins says kind of a version of that as well. But once I realized that things were happening for me, not to me, mm-hmm. man, that that was a that was a that was a game changer for me. Like I'm a, you know, if I'm going through struggles or I'm hitting a roadblock in life or I'm hitting a speed bump and things aren't going or happening how I want to. I have to take a step back and go, what am I what am I supposed to be learning in this? What can I what can I learn and tweak and get better at? Because I failed more times than I could ever think of, you know, in every area of life, from marriage to dad to, you know, uh just being a man, like everything. And so I, I now as an adult, I I gotta sit back and go, man. What am I what am I learning through this? Why aren't I moving forward? And there's something that's holding me back. Okay, so there's some lesson I'm supposed to be learning right now. So I really try to dial back and go, okay, what's happening right now? Life is happening for me, not to me. So let's learn a lesson here.
0: Mm, I like that. That's that's great. I always like when people talk about failures. So many people see failures as, you know, just a piece of rubble or something yeah. like that. But if if every failure is a Lego block. And you just dump them in a pile, you don't have anything. But if you take those, those, each one of those Lego blocks, you can build something with it, a stairway to that success. Come on. And so it's, you know, oftentimes the people that have, it seems like the people that have the biggest success have experienced the most amount of failure. Like Mm. it it seems, seems to go hand in hand, their amount of failure Equates to their height of their success, so. for
1: sure, for sure.
0: Man. <laughs> but I don't like failing, so I'm I'm trying to learn to be okay with that. I don't think yeah. any of us do.
1: No, and and you know, and I think people look at failing as as a bad thing. It is a it's it can cause us to think it's a bad thing, but really it is. You only fail if you quit, right? right. So whatever you're going for, just don't quit, right? Like I've been doing this podcasting thing for seven years. Like I'm not quitting anytime soon. And someone asked me the other day, like, what are you planning to do when you retire? I'm like. I'm going to die when I retire, man. Like that, that'll be the last day at work, man. Like, yeah. you know, this is something that I love doing, man. So it's just like, there's, there's no time for stopping, man. They just don't right. quit. man.
0: Are you with your podcast? Are you an episode a week or kind of what's your schedule like?
1: Every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific is when it drops. Um, occasionally I'll do a bonus show that drops on Wednesday during the week. Um, I had a bonus show drop today. Um, but, uh, typically it's going to drop every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific and it goes out to all formats from YouTube, IGTV, Facebook, and then Apple, Spotify, all the audio formats
0: Okay. Awesome. So that's like, I I know some podcasters who are three, four, five episodes a week, long shows, (laughs) and I can see you doing like a five to 10 minute show five days a week, but I don't see how people squeeze a long show in five days a week. I, that's a full time job.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I get up at four AM six days a week to work on my podcast and and work mm-hmm. on editing and reaching out to clients and working on all of my kind of side hustles that I do from you know content creation and you know all box opening videos and stuff like that. It, it's because I wake up at four AM because it allows me to kind of not eat into my family time. Yeah. I get up when my family's sleeping and I can work on my side hustles and then I. You know, i go down and make breakfast for my kids at 630 and about 730, 745, I come up here and go to work for a little bit. And then five o'clock in the afternoon, I kind of try to put the phone away. I'm not a hundred percent perfect on that, but I try to put the phone away and just spend time with family. I don't have to worry about work and stuff after yeah. that. You know,
0: Awesome. I want to go back to kind of before you got married, you said yeah. you were big in the, in the music scene, you know, yeah. living that rock and roll lifestyle is, is music something that is still a passion for you? Are you still involved in that in any capacity?
1: Um, Not involved, but massive fan of music. Um, Music has been my life forever. I remember, you know, as a kid, uh, my dad took me to see Richard Marks was my first concert, you know? And then for my 13th birthday, he took me to see Rod Stewart, you know, like took me (laughs) to see some pretty legit bands, you know? And I grew up in an era like, where there was a skating rink right and the skating rink in town it had local like venue like concerts would show up there right like you know they're just grunge bands trying to play (laughs) guitars right and and but i remember those house parties and skate like the skating rinks it would just have concerts and stuff and so Mm -hmm. to a lot of concerts man i've seen a lot of really rad bands from rage against the machine to lincoln park for 10 bucks at an unsold out show in seattle like i mean it's been a fun journey, man. I love music and love watching live music. And and I don't know how to play anything. I have a guitar sitting behind me with my, my dad gave it to me. It just collects dust, you know, <laughs> but like I, I, I love being part of the music. And when I worked for universal records, I was literally a mailroom guy. Uh, I didn't get paid for the first six, for the first six months. I just showed up and they said, okay, cool. I need you to stuff these posters. And that's all I did. And then after six months, they're like, man, this guy keeps showing up. We should pay him. So I got hired on as their mailroom coordinator. And I right. was tracking sales and I was setting up meet and greets and stuff like that. And it was fun, man. Um, but like I said, Napster, Napster kind of killed that. But yeah, my wife and I, we we both love music. Um, I at the time when I was working for Universal, I had, I was taking home like twenty or twenty-five CDs a week. And yeah. when I met my wife, I sold thirty two hundred CDs. And that was it crushed my heart to do that but I sold 3,200 CDs and paid wow. for my wife's wedding ring. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah.
0: Now, now you can have it on a, you can have all of that on a little. Now like I got it all back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all on Apple music now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You
0: don't have to worry about the, you know, you, you probably filled up more than this shelf right here behind me. Yeah. All CDs. <laughs> uh, it's, it's incredible as to, as the technology improves and moves along. Yeah. You know, you the, the carrying case or the the physical aspect of the music gets smaller and smaller, right. but it's still there's still something about like I grew up um, my dad was a huge record fan, like he had tons of old lps and nice. so I grew up hearing that sound, and there's still something about the crackling of of vinyl oh yeah i just I love that sound, but like yeah. I don't listen to a whole lot of music i'm I used to enjoy it quite a bit, but I don't know i Modern music has just turned me off of it. So I listen to a lot more podcasts and audio books. Yeah, it's a lot
1: it's pretty brutal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. What what's something that you would say to to somebody who's on the fence about moving forward with a dream or they have something that they they want to go after but just can't quite make themselves take that step? What would you yeah. say to them to to encourage them to move ahead?
1: man, I would, I would just say like, what's holding you back. You know, if if you got something in your heart that you want to pursue, then do it. Like you have to sacrifice things in life to get to what you want. And maybe maybe that's sleep or maybe that's money or maybe that's moving out and, and living on, you know, random rooms for a month or whatnot. Right. Like I, I can say this because I've done that when I moved 21 times in, in over a three year span, Like there was days where I was living on a floor of someone's second cousin's friend who said you can stay there for three days, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have to sacrifice things in life to get to what you want. People ask me all the time, why do you wake up at 4 a.m.? It's because my desire to be successful is bigger than my desire to sleep. And so (laughs) if you are struggling and you're like, man, I don't know if I should pursue this thing, like go for it. If it's on your heart, man, I truly believe that God puts our, our purpose and our passion in our heart and whatever lights you up. Man, that's all go all in on that thing, man. Mm-hmm. For me, that's podcasting, for me that's being a dad, for me that's breaking the chains of divorce and abuse and rejection and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. That's what lights me up. And I think as you're going through life and you're trying to figure out like what what do I, what should I do? What do I what do I love? Man, test everything that you think you might like. And one of those things is going to light you up and you're like, "Man, I want to keep doing that." And then just go all in.
0: Go all in. Yeah. There's a question that I love asking people Talking about purpose is one of my favorite things. And yeah. I, I'm always interested in, in how other people define purpose or how they come to find what their purpose is. How, what is that for you? What does purpose mean to you? And, and how do you go about um, discovering, defining purpose? Like What is that to you?
1: Purpose for me um, is, is being the best dad that I can to Ooh. give my kids the life that I didn't have. I don't want my kids to ever walk into the house and have my parent, one parent be gone or my parents be physically fighting, right? Like I don't want them to ever see that. My purpose is to change the legacy of the Allen tribe for generations to come. You know, my grandparents, my, my grandma and grandpa and my wife's grandma and grandpa were married for 60 years. What happened on that next generation gap, man, where our parents were married and divorced five or six times? I'm like, hell yeah. no, I'm not doing that, right? Something in that generation caused that to happen. And my job is to come in and I want to be the one that changes everything. Yep. I want to be the one that comes in and says, nah, we're not doing that no more, right? That's a purpose of mine is to do that and... and just to create an environment where my family feels safe to talk and do things and not feel like they're going to be in trouble to say what's going on or what's going through their mind. Right. So my purpose is, is really that to break those chains. And then my passion is, is also my purpose. And that's this. It's podcasting. It's talking with people. It's having great conversations like this, man. Um, you know, I wanted to push myself hard. So in 2021, I set a goal to be a guest on a hundred podcasts. Wow. On top of releasing 100 of my own. <laughs> and like in literally the year before that, I did 26. So I was like, oh, yeah, I could do 100. No problem. Yeah, right? <laughs> you can
0: 4X that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I went into 2021 going, all right, we're going to do this. And I finished the year with doing 117 interviews and releasing 100 of my own shows. And I'll wow. tell you, man, that stretched me mentally, but it helped me figure out. That I love podcasting. I love Mm -hmm. conversations like this, man. And some of the shows I was on was like, what the heck am I doing on the show? Right. But some (laughs) of them were like, man, this is awesome. Right. And and it just opened the door, but you have to test things and go all in, man. And for me, my purpose, man, is, is my family and podcasting and just networking relationship stuff is so important to me, man. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome. I, that's, that's incredible. Anything else you want to share or have to say to the audience before we call it a wrap?
1: Man, I w- I w- I'm i just so honored to be on your show. I'll tell you, man, uh, being on over 150 podcasts now since I've started, I love your questions. I think you do an amazing job at asking questions and keeping the flow going. And I think that I if people that. aren't listening to this show, man, they need to get on it, man, because this is an <laughs> awesome show, dude. Seriously. I'm
0: definitely clipping that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, seriously. <laughs> man, you're an awesome host, man. I, I loved yeah. your flow of questions, man. It was so good. My only message to the world is this, man. Turn off the news because they have their own agenda. They have, they, you know, and they just put fear in everybody. And number two, just stop judging people, man. You know, my God says, don't judge people. Right. So it's not my job to judge people. If they're not hurting themselves or hurting others, I could care less what they identify as, or if they're, you know, want to identify as a toaster, that's up to them. Right. Like for (laughs) me, like, I'm just like, Hey, you know what? My job is just to love you where you're at, man. And I don't care if you're a vaxxer or a a non-masker or whatever. Right. Like, love mm-hmm. people where they're at and yeah. turn off the news. And those are the two biggest things that I did, uh, 10 years ago, man. And once I did that, I was like, all right. I, my wife's like, why don't you ever get stressed? I'm like, I, I don't care, man. <laughs> Even like, you didn't tell me to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I don't have to get stressed, man. <laughs> I I'm money my life forever, <laughs> right? my You know? So man, yeah. but yeah, seriously, this was such a great conversation, dude.
0: Yeah. I, I've had a, had a really good time too. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so this will, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I'll, I appreciate it. And uh, well, I'll definitely send you the link when this comes out and go from there.
1: Awesome, man. And and I'm one of those guests that will share it out too. So whenever you do, man, please tag me, shoot me an email with all the links. I'm happy to share it out with my network too. And hopefully get some more listeners to your show.
0: Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great week.
1: (laughs) You too, brother.